You are listening to the Grace Covenant Cornelius Podcast. Amen. Well, good morning. Great to be back from the Ivory Coast, I should say bonjour. That is a French-speaking African nation. I learned two words while I was there, two French words, bonjour and merci, which is thank you. I got to say both of those a lot. But it was a great trip. Right now, my body tells me I'm somewhere between Abidjan and Paris on a plane somewhere. So if I say something that just absolutely doesn't make sense, just say, bless him, Lord. <laughs> I'm here in body, but I don't know if I'm all here this morning. But I had a great trip. I just wanted to share a, a couple highlights with you from the trip. Uh, we have, if you're not aware of this, we as a congregation have, are in a strategic partnership With the nation of the Ivory Coast, we have been for two years. It's a five-year strategic partnership where we're partnering with the Foursquare Church in the Ivory Coast. There's about 320 churches in the Ivory Coast. And from there, reaching to some of the northern African nations, the dominant Muslim nations. So it's it's a great harvest field, and the Lord's opened this opportunity for us. So this is my first time there. I got to speak to about 200 pastors. Last Sunday morning, I I preached in a uh, church in Abidjan and uh, just had a great time. Then we we left there and took a seven-hour road trip, which normally would take two hours, but the road was so bad, it took us seven hours uh, to reach this coastal city of Sasaranda, um, where we spent two days, and that connects back to, how many of you remember about four years ago, directed by the Holy Spirit, we raised about $42,000 to produce the Gospel of John for two people groups that did not have uh, the word in their heart language, in their common language. How many remember that? We raised 42,000 and we produced the Gospel of John for two people groups, the We We People group and the Neo People group. Well, in our journeys, I was actually in, uh, again, the city of Sasaranda and surrounding villages, and that's the area where the Neo people groups at. The very people that we produced the Gospel of John for, I actually got to go to some of those villages, which was absolutely awesome, because where there used to be like no churches, there was no knowledge of Jesus Christ, today there's four churches that's been established among these people groups that we were a part of providing the Gospel of John. Isn't that not exciting? Yeah, from Grace Covenant right here in North Carolina all the way to the Ivory Coast. I have a couple of pictures for you and some stories around the picture. Uh, This picture here, um, if if you can't pick me out, I'm all the way in the back. I kind of stand out, don't I? I'm all the way in the back, and this is a little gathering at, um, at the front of a village, and I actually have my arm around the gentleman who has the hat on. That's the chief of this tribe. Uh, and this is one of the villages, this is the Weo, uh, excuse me, the Neo People Group, one of the villages that received the Gospel of John. Get this, two years ago, first they had no clean water, so we raised money and drilled a well. Today they have a well in their village, uh, and two years ago they did not know about Jesus Christ. Today they have the Gospel of John in their heart language, and a church has been planted in this village the chief and everyone in the village has come to accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Is that not awesome? Come on. Wow. I was so blown away to be able to be a part of the celebration and talk about worship. Listen, the Grace Covenant family could learn something from the Neo people about worship. 
Yeah, it was awesome. So I got to worship with them there, and, and we went out. The next picture is actually in the same village. This is a picture of the well that, uh, that was drilled there. Uh, I believe it was about $12,000 that we raised to provide this well. So they have clean water. I tell you, there's so many things we take for granted. You walk into your kitchen and you turn on the faucet and you have clean water. Um, but two years ago, they didn't have clean water. And they didn't know about Jesus. And today... Today they have clean water, and today they know Jesus as their Savior. So thank you. Thank you for your generosity. Thank you for your commitment to go to the nations, because it is making a difference. Making a difference in people's lives. And I could go on and on about my trip. I had a great time, and there's ongoing partnership. There's more that we'll tell you about that God's doing great things in the Ivory Coast and he's granted us the privilege of being a part of it. Amen? Amen. Give the Lord a praise. <clears throat> well, here at Grace Covenant, our mission is this. We're committed to connecting, growing, serving, and going. To connect, grow, serve, and go. Connecting, in relationship with God in one another, growing in our faith, serving one another in our community, and then going to the nations. Well, this morning, actually this Sunday and next Sunday, I want to talk with you about the first part of that, the connecting part. Now, what it looks like for you and I to connect in relationship, to connect in community. Because this is what I'm convinced of this morning. We are better together. Would you agree with that? Can we say that together? Would you say that with me? We are better together. Turn to your neighbor and say, hey, we're better together. Go ahead and encourage them this morning. What I know is that we discover more life and greater life when we commit to doing life together. Like we're more productive in our work. We're more, we're more creative when we work together. We come up with better solutions. Listen, there's no way around it. Life works better when we make a commitment to engage in community. Now, that requires some intentionality on your part. Listen, community, connecting in community never just happens. It requires you to say, hey, I realize this is viable, therefore I'm going to, take, I'm going to make the effort to find my place of connection in community. Now, sometimes sharing life with others creates challenges and it brings some pain and it stretches us, but again... We function best in community. Listen, this is what I know this morning. I need you, you need me, and we all need each other. Because, again, we're better together. God created us as relational beings who need others. Matter of fact, if you were to go all the way back to the beginning, when God created Adam, before he created Eve, you would find there that the Scripture says that God looked at this scenario. Here's Adam, but he doesn't have community. He doesn't have a companion. And God says, well, we need to do something about this. And he made this statement. He says, it's not good that man would be alone. It's not good that man would be a loner. Basically was what he was saying. And he created Eve. And there, Adam was blessed with his wife. But in that, Adam discovered, he discovered community. And if you look at, if you look at God's design for humanity and the Bible as a whole, what you discover is the Bible's all about community. It's a book. Obviously, the Bible is a book about redemption. It's a book about God's plan. But really, 
the Bible is a book about community. It's a book about relationship. I mean, from the Garden of Eden to the great heavenly city that's described in the book of Revelation, what you see is, is community playing out, God relating to his creation. So God's plan and God's design is that we connect, we function, and that we engage in community. And when we choose connect, to connect in community, then life is just better. Let me just give you a, a few stories just from our Grace Covenant family. I, I think of, of Pete and Mila. Pete and Mila were just blessed with a little boy. His name's Elisha. So two weeks ago, a little over two weeks ago, three weeks ago, I was at the hospital to celebrate with them. And, and I'm holding their son, uh, Elisha, in my hands. And I, I pray a prayer blessing over Elisha. And we're just kind of celebrating, enjoying the moment. And as I'm getting ready to exit the room, I ask them a question that I often ask people. It's like, hey, anything y'all need? Anything that we can help with? And this is what Pete said to me. He says, Pastor, you'll not believe it. He said, our community group has so blessed us. They've lined up all of these meals. So they're taking care of child care for us, for the older siblings, so that we can be here enjoying this moment. He says, we need absolutely nothing because our community group is so awesome. And I walked out of that room saying, wow, that is the value of community, of finding a place to connect. Here's a, another illustration. You just heard it with, with, um, with Dean and Joy. We sent 23 individuals to Puerto Rico. We sent a community of individuals to Puerto Rico to serve. And as they went as a community, you had all of these gifts and abilities functioning together. And out of that, there came life-transforming ministry. And they had a blast. They had fun. They grew in their faith. Where? In community. You know, I think... Uh, our singles ministry here at Grace Covenant, led by some dynamic leaders, and I've had the privilege of being a part of that singles ministry for a season. And as I've met with our, our leadership team for our singles ministry, what I've discovered is there's something pretty dynamic happening among the singles. Now, when you're single, it can be difficult because you can feel alone. Like, you, where do I fit in um, a family-dominant society? Like, wh what's my place? And oftentimes they, they don't feel like there's a place. But within our singles ministry, I mean, like there's, there's discipleship groups, there's social activities, they're connecting, they're supporting, they're encouraging. Life is happening in community. Interesting. After the first service this morning, 8 o'clock, I was here at the front praying with some individuals. And a lady came down. Her name is Lisa. And Lisa, two years ago, moved here from Vietnam left all of her family there, and this is what she said to me. She said, Pastor, I found a family, and I found support here in the States as I connected to a group. Isn't that awesome? All of that is about community, with individuals finding life as they've connected to, in a place of relationship. Listen, there's no way around it. We're better together. We're better as we discover community in God's family and the church. Looking into your notes this morning, as Christ follower, as a Christ follower, you're called to belong, not just believe. By believing, you come into relationship with Jesus Christ, and then you're called to live out relationship with others in community. You know, I've actually heard people say, "Well, you know, Pastor, all I need is Jesus." Now, if they mean by that statement all they need is Jesus to be saved, then I would agree with that. I think that's theologically accurate. 
That we are saved by Christ and Christ alone. All I need is Jesus. But if they're meaning by that statement, I don't need community, all I need is Jesus, I would tell them that is not biblically accurate. That is not God's plan, that's not God's design, and that's not God's way. Why? Because we were created as relational beings, and within our DNA, we are wired for relationship. So God's plan is that the church is a place, that this body of believers is a place where the love of God is experienced and shared. It's a place where we connect with family and discover the joy of serving and loving others. The church is, is being a, a part of a family, a family connected in community. You know, in Psalm 133, verse 1, the scripture reads like this, How good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell together in unity. And that unity is found in community. And then in Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 24 and 25, it's on the screen. Uh, would you read this with me? Let's read this together. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. And let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another. Within these two verses, we find three or four directives to the church, to the body of Christ, to believers who would gather. Within these two verses, we find things like we're, we're, we're meeting together for a purpose, on purpose, for a purpose. And what's that purpose? It's to glorify God and to encourage others. So why do we come on Sunday? Listen, we don't gather here on Sunday just because it's, well, it's the right thing to do. You know, what do you do? Well, on Sunday I go to church. Now, I'm glad that you're here, but we've got to understand that we're here on a purpose, for a purpose. What's that purpose? To glorify the Father and to encourage one another. The scripture here in Hebrews 11 talks about when we come to experience love and to give love. We come to encourage and to be encouraged, we come to share the needs of others. I mean, all of that's happening where? In community. So the church, the church is defined in Scripture as more than a gathering to sing a few songs and hear a sermon. It's a gathering to glorify our Heavenly Father as we connect in community that shares love and, and shares life. Pastor Rick Warren, in his book Purpose Driven Life, says it so well. He makes this statement. We are created for community, fashioned for fellowship, and formed for a family. And none of us can fulfill God's purpose by ourselves. We're, we're created for community. And the bottom line is, is, is we, need, we need each other and we need community. Now what I'm telling you this morning is probably nothing new. Like pro probably before any of you got here this morning, you already realized, well, you need community. You need relationships. So then my question would be, why do, we, why do we neglect community? If we know we were created for community, we understand the value of community, then oftentimes, why do we not? Why do we not connect? And as I was reflecting on that, I actually came up with about four reasons. I believe that we oftentimes neglect community. The first is this, doing life together can be messy. How many of you have ever had a relational conflict with someone that you were engaging in community with? Let's start with your family. <laughs> Listen, this is what I know. In my 54 years of being on this earth, this is what I've discovered, is if you get enough people together, sooner or later you're going to have a relational rub. Sooner or later it's going to get messy. 
I mean, listen, some people are dysfunctional, right? Don't look to your left or right, but you know what I'm talking about. Some people, are, uh, they're socially difficult. And you've heard me say this before, and, and I truly believe this. Listen, we all have issues. You have issues. I have issues. We all have issues. If you think you don't have issues, you've deceived yourself. You do. If you want to meet with me, I'll help you figure them out. You have issues. I have issues. I'm not trying to hide that. That's what I know. Oftentimes, we don't connect in community because community gets messy. It can be difficult. And because it's difficult, we just say, hey, I'm going to play it safe. I'm not going to connect in community. I think a second reason that we neglect community is we think we're too busy to make time for others. Schedule's packed. Life's running us instead of us running our lives. So many things to do. And we get so busy that we don't take time for what's so critical for our lives being community. Connecting. Receiving life from others. Here's a third reason we ne neglect community is we live in a society that encourages autonomy and independence. There's like this prevalent idea that you have to make it on your own. You have to fight for yourself. You have to look out for yourself because no one else is going to. And so we're encouraged to be independent, to be on our own. After all, my goodness, you don't want to be codependent because codependent's not healthy, Right? I'm being a bit sarcastic, but, 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 but codependency is not healthy. However, I think we would all agree we need to be dependent on others. Oftentimes we buy into this deception of, you know, I've got to be independent. And we neglect the very community that we need that brings life for us. I think a fourth reason we neglect community is that we're deceived to believe that we can do life better on our own. Possibly you got hurt, you were part of a group, part of community, and something didn't play out just right. Maybe someone took advantage of or made a statement that offended you. I don't know what it might have been, but in the midst of that, you got hurt, and you just said, wow, I think I can do better life on my own. A bit like the turtle that pulls into the shell, right? I can do better on my own. I'm just going to withdraw because it's safe. And we neglect community, the very community, again, that we need that brings life for us. And the truth is we're better together. We're better together because community is God's design. Listen, it wasn't my idea. It's God's idea. And again, we see that. We see that throughout Scripture. Matter of fact, let me give you just four statements really quick about community being God's idea and God's design. First is this, God created us as relational beings in His image and in His likeness. If you go all the way back to the beginning, Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 and 27, listen to how the scripture reads. Then God said, let us make man in our image. Notice, our image. Listen, God was in community before He ever created humanity. They had community in the Trinity. You had God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, who were having a time of discussion together. And this is what they said. Hey, let's make man and notice our image and our likeness. And let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over the livestock and over all the earth and over the creatures that move along the ground. So God created man in his own image. And in the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. 
So this is one of the things we know about God. God is a God of relationship. Again, he was in relationship with the Trinity before we were created, and humanity was created for this purpose, that we might enjoy relationship with God. Listen, nothing else that God created has that ability. The dogs don't. Cats don't. Cows don't. Hippopotamus, no. What? Only humanity, only men and women have the ability to connect in relationship with God. Why? Because we are created in the image and likeness of God. We are created. So within our DNA, it's how we are fashioned. It's how we are wired. We're wired for relationship. It's a part of the way that God's designed us. Now here at Grace, that's why we, we so push and promote groups. Next Sunday, you're going to hear about more of the groups that we have coming up available this fall. Let me tell you why we, we, we so push that. We believe that you were designed to find community and groups is a great way to do it. It's not the only way, but it's a great way to find discipleship, to find support, to find help, to find encouragement, to be loved and to share love, to discover life as you're doing community with others. Listen, it's the way God designed you. It's the way you're wired. Listen, you are not wired to be a loner. You may have deceived yourself to believe that, but that's not the way God made you. You're made in His image and His likeness, wired for relationships. Also, we see that community is God's design because the church was birthed in community. Interesting. The church was not birthed as an institution. The church was not birthed as an organization with bylaws and rules and guidelines. No, the, the church was birthed... And community. They get you all the way back to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, we have the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost and the church's birth. Peter preaches his first sermon. 3,000 people get saved. And we have the church that is started. The church is launched. And in the end of chapter 2, we have the first statement of how the church was functioning. Of how this church that God birthed was operating. I want you to listen how the scripture reads. Acts chapter 2, verse 42. It says, They, speaking of the Christians, of the believers, of the Christ followers, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. Notice verse 44, all the believers, not some of the believers, but all of the believers were together and had everything in common, selling their possessions and goods they gave to anyone as he had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Listen, folks, the church was not birthed as an organization, not birthed as an institution. It was birthed in community. And if you read throughout the book of Acts, the first 50 years, 60 years of the history of the early church, what you would find is community, family, the church united, caring for, serving, loving. All about community. So the church, the church as we know it was birthed in community. We also see Community is God's design because when you submitted your life to Christ, you were adopted into God's family. Listen, just as you were physically birthed into a family, 
So you were spiritually born again into a bigger family. What's the family? The family of God. So you have, you have a biological father and mother. We all do. But we all have a common spiritual father. And we're all a part of a bigger family. But we're part of the family of God. So you were adopted. You were adopted into the family. Matter of fact, in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4, look at how Paul wrote these words. He says, In love, he predestined us to be his sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. And then if you jump on to verse 19 of chapter 2, it says, Consequently, you're no longer foreigners and aliens. In other words, you're not isolated. You're not loners. But notice... But you're, you're fellow citizens with God's people, and you're members of God's household. So when you were adopted into a family, you were adopted into community. That's God's plan. So the church was birthed in, com- in the co- community. We were, we were adopted into God's family. And lastly, community is God's design because the church functions at its highest level of effectiveness, where? In community. When's the church most effective? When we're operating in community. When we're sharing strengths and abilities and talents. So we're back to the opening statement. What we're better, we're better together. You know, in Acts 1-8, the scripture says that we will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon us and we'll be witnesses Witnesses of God's grace, witnesses of its love, will be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and in the uttermost parts of the earth. But you and I are witnesses. We are living representatives of Jesus Christ, the church. And the church is most effective when? When we're operating as a community. Let me tell you why. I don't have all the gifts and abilities. I don't have all the talents. I have a few. When I bring my few and I partner my few with Jerry's talents, and and then we take those talents and we partner them with Lena's talents, and when we take those talents and and we bring Al into the game, all of a sudden we have a variety of gifts and abilities operating together. And what happens? We become effective. We find greater effectiveness because we're sharing in our strengths. God's honored and we're living out our mission. We saw that just this past week. Just this past week, we had a VBS at the Neighborhood Care Center. So about a mile and a half from here, we have a Neighborhood Care Center that we, we built to bring Jesus to the neighborhood. So this week, we had a team there, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, doing a vacation Bible school in the neighborhood. And we had about 10 individuals there who were serving. We had some who were leading worship. Some who were teaching, some who were leading small groups, some who were doing crowd control, some who were cooking food, preparing a meal for the children and their families. So this week, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, we had the opportunity of ministering to about 50 kids in the neighborhood. So we went to the neighborhood, we did this VBS using a variety of gifts and abilities, the church serving in community. Get this, five kids came to know Christ as their Savior this week in the neighborhood. When? As the church is working together in community. That's why it's God's design and His plan. Listen, you don't have all the gifts. You don't have all the bill. You don't have all the talent. Nor do I. But when we come together 
See, that's God's design. In, in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, Paul talks about the church, and he uses, this, the anal- he uses this analogy like the church is like the human body. How many of you know our body's made up of a lot of different parts, right? I mean, some of you are like the thumb, some of you are like the big toe, some of you are like the eye, some of you are like the ear. And Paul says when we bring all those parts together, then the body functions in a healthy way. It's the same in the body of Christ. That's why community is God's design. Man, it elevates our level of effectiveness to the mission that we've been given. When all of this happens in community, so the Christian life, the Christian life is more than just a commitment to Christ. Hear me this morning. It's more than just saying yes to Jesus. It includes a commitment to other Christians. And that commitment is expressed or lived out in community. Listen, it's in community that we are loved and we get to share love. It's in community that we're encouraged and we get to encourage others. It's in community that we, that we give life and we receive life. It's in community that we are, are blessed and we get to be a blessing. Let me tell you the rest of the story about the village I went to in the Ivory Coast outside of the city of Sassandra. The village that we put the well in where the chief and the whole tribe has come to embrace Christ as their Savior. They were so excited and they were so uh, jazzed that we were there and that we were the recipients. Obviously, I'm representing you, uh, but we being Grace Covenant were there and that we had blessed them with this well of life-giving water. And, and they, um, they made me an honorary citizen of the tribe. I'm a, a citizen in the Ivory Coast. And they presented me with a gift because we had blessed them and they wanted to bless us. They gave me a gift of two chickens. <laughs> so I'm an honorary citizen and I get two chickens. We fried them the next day if you're wondering. <laughs> That's the way they do it in Africa. But... We were a blessing, and I got blessed. That's what happens in community. That's why community is so vital. So I I would challenge you this morning, if you've not found that place of connection, we want to help you find that place. Because again, being a Christ follower is more than just saying yes to Jesus. It's finding your place within the family and connecting in that, receiving life and giving life to others. Next Sunday we'll continue with this message and we'll talk more about groups and groups that are available to help you find that place. Listen, don't be a loner. This whole idea of I'm just going to follow Christ by myself, listen, it's not biblical. It's not God's plan. It's not God's way. His way is this, that you're a part of a family and in that family you're receiving life and you're giving life. Would you pray with me? Lord, I thank you this morning for your mercy and your grace. God, I thank you for your rescue of my life. Lord, for those here today. God, we are so blessed. Lord, we just celebrate that this morning. But Lord, what I know is that you created us in your likeness, in your image, and you created us, you designed us to be a part of a community where we're receiving life and giving life, where we're being encouraged and encouraging others. Holy Spirit, I I would just pray today that if there's anyone here 
that's hearing this message, that's not found that place of connection. Maybe they've, they've been hurt in the past. Maybe they got offended. Maybe they went wrong, kind of like the turtle pulling into the shell, thinking, well, I can, I can just do better on my own. God, I, first I ask that you would heal the, the wounded place, whatever that is. Lord, I, I pray that individuals would be convicted this morning to say, oh, I've got to find that place of connection. And Lord, that, that we as a church family would be a vibrant community living in unity, bringing honor to you and being effective in the mission that you've given us to, to our neighborhood and to the world. And what I know is that we're most effective, we're most fulfilled, we're most blessed, and we most honor you when we're in that place of unity, experiencing the blessing of community. The Holy Spirit, again, for those who've not found that place, I pray, God, that you would just so so grab their hearts this morning that they would feel compelled to find that place of community. And, and, and Lord, help us help them find that place of connection. Lord, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.